Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. So did the CDC inadvertently reduce the COVID death count? Uh, I'm going to love doing this story. All right. So. Sorry, uh, folks. So you probably heard in the past week or so of a misunderstanding of a recent quote unquote updated CDC data on the number of deaths that were caused by COVID-19, reducing it by 9,000 leading to its downplay. The updated CDC table was showing the number and percentages of those that died of COVID and an underlying condition, including the ones that we talk about all the time, hypertension, diabetes, obesity, respiratory failure, and more. The 6% that has been trending in the last week or so on social media refers to deaths where COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned. So listen, here's the bottom line. We've known forever, and by forever, six Since months. March. <laughs> yeah, I hate when we do that. <laughs> I get caught when we say that. Now we've known. No, even with before March, when Wuhan, when the when the uh, doctors in Wuhan, no January, January, when we started first reading about it, that older individuals and folks that had comorbidities were more likely to die. Yes. Okay, so we've known about this, and there are other studies that show 6% that it's more like 3% die of COVID alone, that it's more like 97% have comorbidities. Yeah. yeah, so what we know, what do we know? We know the coronavirus binds to a receptor called the angiotensin-converting enzyme 2 or ACE2 receptors on a cell surface. Some people will have a higher expression of these receptors, leading to an increased risk of infection. For starters, obese or overweight people ACE2 is more expressed in adipose or fat cells, uh, which store fat than lung tissue, meaning the adipose tissue is vulnerable to infection and an important viral reservoir. Obesity already leads to many diseases like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, impaired pulmonary function, organ dysfunction, and more. But a COVID infection makes this about three times more likely. Okay, so let's just stop and let's reset. Right. So we've talked about many times before about these ACE2 receptors and that the more ACE2 receptors you have, the more virus that's going to be able to enter the cells. And the sicker you could potentially get. And the sicker you could potentially get. So what conditions lead to increase in ACE2 receptors? And remember, we also talked about in a previous story that H2 receptors beget H2 receptors via COVID. Via COVID that beget, beget, beget. That beget, beget, they beget. open up the door for everybody to come to the park. Right. So, but what conditions? Well, it's stored in adipose tissue. So adipose is fat. Which is why we should get checked, get fit, get moving. And therefore, those that are obese also have a higher likelihood of diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia. So this is why you have a greater likelihood. So you have people who are already more likely to get sick from COVID-19 because they have a lot of these receptors. This is why smokers which, also which increase. Gonna, uh, Doc, we were going right to it. What right. happens is these people that are predisposed, obese, and people that 
that smoke, it means they're more likely to get sicker. That's right. And as they get sicker, they could end up being on ventilators early on. That's right. Which is why the mortality rate for those folks was a lot higher. So studies actually have suggested that giving up smoking could lessen the likelihood of being infected with... I'm looking for the... Where's the bell? <laughs> with coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> they found that the lung cells in those who smoke or have COPD, which is a end-stage problem or disease process from smoking called chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, have increased expression levels of these ACE2 receptors, which is what we were saying a moment ago. The researchers saw that former smokers have similar levels to people who've never smoked at all, meaning... As Doc Griggs says repeatedly, it is a great time to stop smoking or to cut down on smoking. Annie Mae would say, baby, if you have a virus that's affecting your lungs, why would you damage your lungs? Yeah. What kind of... Oh, I'll stop. Yeah, no, no, no. It's Annie Mae. We love, we love when Annie Mae visits the show, and she's so smart. If you know your lungs are already are the ones that the virus is coming for, what would make you think to... to and now you done taught me about upregulating? <laughs> I'm more susceptible. What kind of fool would keep smoking? Stop smoking, folks, if you can. <laughs> Conspiracy theories and misinformation have and will continue to be an obstacle in the fight that we've been doing against COVID. And false claims will spread quickly to fit a particular message. But, you know, we got to be careful how we share information and need to be aware for those that are higher risk that they do what they need to do. Now's the best time to get checked, get fit, get moving. But most importantly, stop smoking and wear your mask. Don't, I, I don't even have to say it. You want me to say it. I, just, don't be no fool. Stop smoking. Stop smoking. Anime's on fire today. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Anime will give you a whooping. <laughs> Behind that. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Hello, my name is Nardo Solomon, and I have been writing for the Noise Filter podcast for almost a month now. And today I'll be sharing an article about rediscovering native languages during the pandemic that I personally can identify with. When people leave their home countries, their mother language often fades in importance especially when their children start going to school and adapting to the new country which they then identify as their home. Parents, including my own, often feel bewildered by this transition, and it's not hard to imagine the pain of watching your children claim a language and culture that is different from your own. During times of stress, it's always nice to find moments of joy, so I've been reflecting on some of the silver linings of the pandemic. A personal one is the fact that increased time at home and with family has given me hope and happiness and has also translated to a transition back to some aspects of my parents' culture and native language. When I read an article about this, I realized that I wasn't the only one experiencing it. While this isn't the case for everyone, for many families, this increased time together has strengthened family connections, which in turn has become a form of stress relief. There are various studies being carried out globally on the topic of language development and how the pandemic has affected it. One study in the United States is currently trying to understand how multilingual children deploy different languages as a learning tool. Research suggests that the passage of language creates better intergenerational communication and a sense of shared identity and heritage, and I can attest to this. For all my life, I have felt distant from a lot of older family members who didn't know English. I would participate in the dances, the food, and the songs of my mother country, Eritrea, but not knowing the native language, Tigrinya, always left a hole in me. 
I felt embarrassment and jealousy because my cousins could speak with my grandparents and even my own parents sometimes better than I could. For so long, we have viewed children as capable of only holding one language, causing the suppression of these native languages. When my oldest brother was in kindergarten, his teachers told my parents to stop teaching him Tigrinya because it was taking him longer to learn to read and write in English. Since then, my other siblings and I were not taught our language like we should have been, and it hurts. Now, as a society, we are realizing the benefits of being multilingual, such as feelings of familiarity and comfort, knowledge of historical and cultural identity, and improved communication skills. Now, it's hard to say if the blossoming and recovering of mother languages will continue post-COVID. Probably, most kids will revert back to dominant languages once schools begin to open. But for now, it's brought light, it's brought warmth, and it's brought happiness to many families during a time of turmoil. And who knows? Maybe children will grow more confident in their second language and retain it. I made a promise to my grandfather, so I know this will be me. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.